Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. It, uh, it might have looked different than what you originally planned, maybe not uh, like the ones you've had in the past, but I hope you had a good one and want to welcome those of you not only who are in the room, but those of you in auditorium too, those of you that are joining us online or by television. We are so thankful that you are here on this Sunday after Thanksgiving. I've been looking forward to this. Like uh, this, this message... Um, has been one that I've been excited to share. And then just, I, I, don't, I don't know um, any other way to say it, just sometimes you, you just as a, as a pastor, as a shepherd, you just, you just want to talk to folks. Um, not, not that I don't talk all the time, just ask Rhonda, but like the, the opportunity to share something. Look, I don't want to politicize this right now. That's not my point. But um, when we talk about the pandemic, I feel like things are a little bit different than what they were, say, back in April or in May. Like back then, I, I didn't know folks that were really walking through this. And I, I would guess that all of us right now in this season probably know someone who's either been infected or affected by all of this. True? And so it's, it's a little bit different how we're looking at this and I think how it's affecting people. And I just, I just wanted to kind of take a moment and talk, talk to, the, to the church for a few minutes. I want, to, I want to say first thanks to those of you that are here. So glad that you're here today, whether you're in this room, in auditorium too. Um, and, and thanks for being being patient and gracious in how we're doing things, the social distancing, the masks. We not only want to be here, we want to stay here, and we want to do the things that help us and those around us to be healthy. And I know uh, wearing a mask uh, through a church service isn't always what you want to do, but I'm so thankful um, for your graciousness in that. I want to say thanks to those of you that are watching and engaging online. Um, for, for many of us, that's the wise choice right now. As much as we want to be wise in all that we do, um, we understand and are just so thankful and glad that we have this technology to stay connected because even in the midst of all of this, we're one church, right? Like that's, that's a concern that, that the pastor has at times, right? Because we're, we're kind of scattered in different places, online, different rooms, different services. We've always kind of had a setup like that as a church with multiple services. So this isn't new, even though it's a little bit different with time and with location and technology, but we are one church. And can I tell you, if there was ever a time when the world needed the church, I'd say it's right now. Amen. Right? There's too many lost people and people that need hope. In fact, when we, when we get to Christmas, our Christmas services, are, are the, the whole series that we'll start here in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about this next week and then our Christmas services, we're, it's all going to be about hope. There's too many lost people, and we want to offer the world the hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And one of the concerns that I've had for us as a church is whether you're in this room or you're watching at home, that, 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 that we've had the, the opportunity to disconnect from God in some ways during this time. And my concern is that you're continuing to grow and seek him and look to him during this season of time. It's, it's huge. And we probably all know someone who has disconnected. Not because not it's bad, but, but actually right now it's been easy. I think the reality is that we've missed so much church that we no longer miss church for some people. Right? And it's been easy. It's been the nature that we've been in. And if you know someone who not in a judgmental way, but you, you're concerned that maybe they've disconnected from the church. Even more, they've disconnected in some ways from their relationship with Jesus. I hope that you'll reach out to them, that you'll, even just somebody you haven't seen in a while, just check in on them. Sometimes what I need in my life is just somebody to give me kind of a holy nudge. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
And that, that you would do that as God puts someone in your heart. And here's the deal. Things are heating up around us. That always happens during this season of time, kind of that, that corridor, that window from Thanksgiving through New Year's. There's a, there's a hecticness that comes, and it's the holidays, and it's decisions, and it's spending money, and it's time with others, and it's, and it's all the, the, what do we call it, the hustle and the bustle. So things naturally heat up during this time. And then on top of that, we've got things with the pandemic, and we've got this crazy season that we're in, and, and no one knows what's ahead. And my, my fear is that when things start to heat up, we let the world around us be the thermostat to determine the temperature in our lives. And we, we get to a point where we're, we let things around us control us instead of recognizing that God wants us to thrive even in the crazy times. And I know we say it. I think it's okay to admit it. These are crazy times, right? So in the midst of that, I want you to thrive, I want you to be spiritually healthy. I want your relationships to, to be able to soar even in this weird time. And we're gonna talk about this. I'd, I'd encourage you to pray the first quarter of next year as we jump into the next couple of sermon series when we get into 2021, I personally feel they might be some of the most important ones that I've ever had the privilege of sharing here at Calvary. And I'm so excited about how God's leading us in this season. But here's the deal, and I can't do this. I, I don't have the the time right now or the ability to kind of go to everybody in this room and auditorium too and to check in with all of you online, but I want to ask a question. It's, it's probably one that, that as a pastor you ask just about every week in your head, but I really think it's important to ask now, and I, I, I can't pull answers from you, but I hope that you'll answer this in your own, in your own mind right now. But I guess the question is, how are you doing? Like, like you, spiritually, personally, in this season, maybe even before we get into to full pedal to the floor, hustle and bustle, it's good for you to maybe take an analysis of your own heart, of your own, your own sense of things, and ask the question, like, how are you doing? Because when I ask that question to people, I've gotten some pretty consistent answers over the course of the last few months. You have a conversation with a friend, or interact with someone in the atrium, and kind of like, how are you doing? And I've heard like, like a series of some of the similar comments. Like some people say, well, I, I just, I'm uncertain right now. There's a restlessness and a frustration of things that I can't figure out or things that I don't know or things that I don't understand. Anybody been there? And then some people will say, I'm overwhelmed. Sometimes it's because of actually really good things and opportunity. Sometimes it's because of the, the things that this season has sent your way. But you just go, I'm overwhelmed right now. And then I've heard some other people say, you know what, I'm afraid. Well, whatever that circumstance or that thing is, I'm afraid. And these are themes that we hear in normal times, not just in crazy times. Sometimes we hear them in the best of times. But you may have felt that way at some point. You might be feeling that way today where you say, I am uncertain or I am overwhelmed or I am afraid. We can so easily become consumed with the immediacy of the moment, the things that we see right here, right now at this point of time. And we become, we become kind of consumed by the things that we don't know and we get overwhelmed and we get uncertain and we get afraid in these times. We, many of us have been there at some point in our lives. Many of you would say, hey, I am there right now. And so when you're asked, how are you? One of those three things, uncertain, overwhelmed, afraid, it's, it's quick to come out. Here's what I found in my own life. This is for me. 
oftentimes my focus can go on that description of my life where I go, I am this. And not so much a healthy thing, but sometimes the pressures that I'm feeling or the emotions that I'm having in that moment. And I go, when you ask me, how are you doing? My first response is to go, well, I am this. And that's cool. That's honest. That's good. But think about this. When my focus is on what I am, I tend to forget who Jesus is. So I can get so focused on where I am uncertain and overwhelmed and fearful and miss out on who he is. That's why this whole series we've done has been looking at the I am statements of Jesus because we want to look at who he is, who he says he is from his own words. And here's what I've seen, that I can let the I am's in my life, the, the, the uncertainty, the overwhelming feelings, the, the fear, I can let them weigh me down. But when I go to the I am that he says, it changes everything. Jesus I am is the answer to my I am. So when I'm feeling those different challenges, I need to go back and remember who he said he was. And that's why we've been working through this series. We've spent seven weeks so far looking at the I am statements of Jesus from the gospel of John. So John wrote a, a, a biography basically of Jesus. Seven times he says, I am. I am the bread of life. He says, I am the Light of the world, I am the door or the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pastor Bennell did a great job last week walking us through I am the true vine. We've looked at these statements, and now this series is gonna shift. Same author, we're still gonna look at words from the pen of the Apostle John. We're gonna look at a different book now. We're gonna look at the book of Revelation that he also wrote. And this different book was written with a different purpose. The Gospel of John, John tells us in John chapter 20, was written so that you would believe. But the book of Revelation was written so that you don't stop believing. That when you go through difficult times, you hold on to that faith. You hold on to those things that you believe in. And that's what we'll see. Next week, we'll look at the future. We'll we'll look at the book of Revelation, and we'll we'll look at the great promise of that book, and we'll look to the future. Today, we're going to look at what Revelation tells us about the present. Here's our I am statement for today. Revelation chapter 22, verse 13 tells us this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Remember, when I focus on who I am, I tend to forget who he is. And I don't wanna forget what he says here, that he's the alpha and the omega, that he's the first and the last, that he's the beginning and the end. And today I wanna talk to you about how if you're living in a crazy time, either because it's 2020 or just because of where you're at in your life right now, how you can still thrive in these crazy times. We're gonna talk about how to thrive in crazy times. I wanna look at those three places where we sometimes find ourselves emotionally and and situationally, and then look at what that passage of scripture, what Jesus says to us about those times. Let's start with this. What do you do when you say, when I am uncertain? In those moments when you don't have the answer, in those moments when you don't know what to do, in those moments when you're frustrated with what's going on around you, when I am uncertain, I will look to Jesus. That's the answer. When I'm uncertain, I'll look to Jesus. Here's what the Bible tells us. Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, Jesus says, and you you also see this earlier in the book, you see it in chapter one, you see it in chapter 21, where Jesus says, I am the alpha and the omega. Now you might look at those and go, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. The New Testament and the language that would have been spoken in that time was called Koine Greek. 
And the Greek alphabet is in, in some ways similar to ours. Here's a picture that has the different letters of the Greek alphabet that are here. And you can see them in a capital and a lowercase. And the first letter looks an awful lot like our letter. Anybody? A. This was called alpha. And the last letter of the Greek alphabet was omega. And so Jesus basically says, I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm at the start and I'm at the finish. He says, I've got it all covered. Sometimes we use the phrase that they've got it covered from A to Z. Have you ever heard that? That's what he's saying here. I'm the alpha and the omega. And he also says that I'm everything in that continuum. I'm everything in between. And many scholars believe that the reason he said that was not just to be cute. He wasn't just saying that he's A to Z. He's saying I'm everything in between. And all truth, all knowledge, all communication stems from how these letters come together. And what God is saying in this passage is I am all truth. I, I assume it all. I'm the alpha and the omega. And if you are uncertain, I have what you need. So look to Jesus. One of the things that's good for us to know is, is who God is and what his, what his traits are in, in theology we'll sometimes refer to the attributes of God. And one of those attributes is we refer to him as saying that God is omniscient. God is omniscient. That means he is all-knowing. And here's the word, that, that, that prefix omni means all, and the ish inside of that has this idea of knowledge or insight or wisdom. So God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows everything. There is nothing that he does not know. He is the source of all truth. And this is good news for us because when I am uncertain, I want to go to someone who is certain. True? <laughs> when I need to know something, I want to know where's the source for me to find that out. And so that's not only that God is that. He's not just a know-it-all. Does anybody know a know-it-all? Do you know what I'm talking about? Somebody who just, when you're around them, I'll leave it there because we just had Thanksgiving. Like there's some people who are know-it-alls. God knows it all without being that because he never holds it over your head. In fact, he's more than willing to share it. Look at this. James chapter one tells us this in verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, if you need insight, if you are uncertain, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. See, not only does he have it all, but he gives you access to it. He says, look, if you need wisdom and you ask in faith believing, I will give you the wisdom and insight that you need, that is a good promise to hold on to in times when I'm uncertain, because those times come. I heard a story recently about a bride who was making all her plans for her wedding, and she found just the right dress, and she ordered it online, and the dress came, and it was delivered in the beautiful box, and she pulls it out and right away because she wants to make sure everything's right because the clock's ticking on her wedding day, right? So she puts the dress on and she goes and stands in front of the mirror and it just does not look right. Like she is immediately furious. She's like, this dress is messed up. This is not the right thing. This is not the right dress. And she immediately pulls up the website on her phone and she can see the picture of what the dress should look like. And she's standing looking in the mirror at what the dress does look like and she is upset. So she takes a picture of herself. She takes the picture, the screenshot from the dress on the, on the website, and she sends a really scathing email back to the manufacturer. And she lets them know not only how upset she is, but the, how inappropriate this is. And I mean, she just lets them have it. 
Here is the reply that they sent. I will read it. It says, ma'am, you put the dress on inside out. Please put it on the right way. Right dress. She was looking at it the wrong way. And she had enough humility to post that story on Facebook and give everybody a good laugh out of it. But how many times do I go through life that way? Like I look at things and I'm frustrated and I'm disappointed and I'm upset. And the reason that I don't get it, the reason it never clicks with me is because I've never bothered to ask God, will you give me wisdom to help me understand this? Will you give me insight to see how this should look and how I should approach this? When a good part of my time I spend living life inside out because we get frustrated when we don't understand things. And sometimes what we need to do is say, God, when I'm uncertain, I look to you trust in you. But have you found that sometimes when you ask God for wisdom, he doesn't respond to the email right away? Sometimes we don't get the insight or the knowledge as immediate as we would like. Sometimes part of receiving that certainty comes with patience, comes with waiting, comes with trusting him. And that can be frustrating And yet sometimes that's exactly how it needs to go so that then later we can understand what it is that God is trying to work out in our lives. I can tell you, and you've probably been there, and I think I've shared this before, like over the course of these last few months, there's been these times when I've just been frustrated. And it's like, God, I just, I don't don't understand this. I don't know what to do here. And I don't know how to respond with this. And I don't know what the right answer is and all these things. And I finally had to come to a place where I had to say, God, I can't live in this place of frustrated uncertainty Here's what I need to do. And here's the prayer I started praying. God, will you help me to be content when I need to be content and help me to be restless when I need to be restless? Because there are times, God, where it doesn't do me any good to be frustrated. And I'm just gonna trust you and be content with where you have me in this season. And God, when the time comes for me to change that, would you help me to be restless? That prayer has been a game changer for me. I think it's similar to what Paul prays in Philippians chapter four, verse 11. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. He says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. And this is where this omniscience of God comes into play, right? Because if I believe that he has all wisdom and knowledge, and if I believe that he gives it freely when we ask, then in those times when I don't feel like I have it, I know that I can be at peace because he will give me what I need when I need it because he has it and I can trust him. This is huge for us to come to that point and say, God, help me to be content, help me to be restless, help me to be what you want me to be in the moment when I need that to be. And what I need, I don't know about you, but what I need are some reminders. Like Because when each new day brings some kind of new uncertain surprise, I need reminders to hold on to. So what I want to do this week, next week, is give you some revelation reminders like some things we're learning from the book of Revelation that you can hold on to. These might be things you wanna write down and stick on a post-it note if it would help you right now. They may be something that you need to literally speak out loud as you're driving to work or as you're facing your day, if you're wrestling with some of these things. And if uncertainty is a part of where you're at right now, here's Revelation reminder number one. I have access to the wisdom of God. 
The one who knows everything has given me access to him and to his truth. And I can look to him and trust in him. I can believe that. And even if I don't feel like I have everything that I need right now, I know that he is trustworthy and I have access to the wisdom of God, which takes us to the second thing to talk about. How do you thrive in crazy times? Like, how do you thrive when your response is, what do I do, number two, when I'm overwhelmed? What do I do when I'm overwhelmed? Being overwhelmed is an interesting feeling. Like a rubber band is made to be stretched, right? But if you stretch it too far, what's gonna happen? It's gonna snap, it's gonna break. Anybody ever felt like you were there? <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's a negative thing. Sometimes it's the, the pressure, the burden of things. Sometimes it's a, it's a good thing. Sometimes it's opportunity. I can tell you the times that I've felt the most overwhelmed in my life have usually been in times when I'm in the midst of something that I asked for, something that I wanted something that I had hoped for. And you find those feelings, what do you do? When I'm overwhelmed, I will rely on Jesus. When I'm overwhelmed, in those moments when the pressure is strong, I have to choose to rely on Jesus. Here's what he says, Revelation chapter 22, verse 13. He says, I'm the alpha and the omega, and then he says, I'm the first and I'm the last. He says, I was there at the beginning. I will be there at the end. There is no place in the span or scope of time that I was not and will not be. I am the first and the last. And wherever that is that you're feeling all that pressure, wherever that moment is where you're feeling all alone, wherever that place is where you're wondering if you can handle it or not, please know that I'm right there with you. I was there. I will be there. I am the first and the last. And this shows us kind of another attribute of God, that God is omnipresent. That means that he's all present. He's present everywhere at the same time. There is no place he hasn't been. There is no place he will not be. He is omnipresent. And that's good to know in the moments when you're overwhelmed. And this is a time when some of us are feeling overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed by your job. You're overwhelmed by your school. You're overwhelmed by your children's school. You're overwhelmed by your health concerns. You're overwhelmed by just all the, the things of the holidays. And it comes in these moments in times. And here's the deal. One of the things we tell ourselves when we're overwhelmed is that we're in this spot in time that things are never going to change and that you can't do it and you feel like you're all alone. And what God says is that's, that's not the case when you notice that, when you feel that. Because I was first, I was last. I was not only in all of those places, but I'm right here with you in this place. You are not alone, and you don't have to carry it all by yourself. And God is right there with you. A year ago, just about a year ago, we were working our way through the book of Ecclesiastes. And we stopped and talked about this quite a bit. How we only see this one point in time, but God is able to see it all. And that's why he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, he says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Like God is able from first to last to see and do these things. He's present in every moment of it. And we don't understand it in the moment. We just see the rush and the burden and the pressure. We see all of those things. We see the drama of the moment. And he says, look, even in the midst of that drama, God is busy making all things beautiful in his time in your life. Last year, I had the, the privilege to, to go to Glacier National Park in Montana, a place I'd never been, and uh, amazing, beautiful place, and just to see the majesty of God's creation. And we took a hike one day, went about two miles in to this place called Avalanche Lake. 
It's one of those places, have you ever, you ever seen something that literally took your breath away? It's one of those places where even if you've seen pictures, when you come up off the trail and into that spot, you're just like, oh, wow. The, the majesty of it just hits you. And, and it's interesting because you can see it's kind of like a bowl that comes down in here with the mountains all around it where the glaciers have carved this out over time. And then part of what shapes it and part of what fills it is that you know much of Glacier National Park is closed through large chunks of the year due to the massive amount of snow that they get. And so when that snow begins to become unstable, or maybe even you might say overwhelmed, they experience avalanches. So the avalanches help to shape this, they help to fill it, but they also do this. This is a picture of the trail as you're walking back through there, and you can see these spots where when the avalanche has come through, it has literally just cleaned off the trees, it has wiped out some trees, it's pulled some up by the roots, and it's kind of a mess to see the process that happens to make that thing that's so beautiful. But go back to that next picture there, where you see this, is, I love this picture, this is me and, and our son Evan, and uh, it was just such a cool experience to have together in such a beautiful place, and I look at it and I go, man, Avalanche Lake is beautiful, but understand this, you don't have the beauty of Avalanche Lake without the drama of the avalanche. Like sometimes it's that very thing, that pressure that overwhelms you that is the thing that creates the beautiful thing in your life. And in that moment, I'm standing right here in this spot in time and I'm overwhelmed, good or bad, by the pressure that I'm sensing. And I've gotta remember that even in the drama of this moment, God is at work because he's omnipresent and he's omniscient. He's the alpha and the omega, he's the first and the last. He's working something out in my life even as I stand in that moment where I feel so overwhelmed. I, I, I shared this a few, I think a couple months ago now. But it's been a year like that for me, with, with or without the headlines of 2020. Just these different times where I've just felt overwhelmed. And God has been so good. And over and over again, I felt his spirit say to, to my life, Chad, I'll give you the strength that you need for the moment that you're in. You want all the answers. You want to be able to figure it all out. You want to know you can handle all of it. Sometimes I have to be content to just go, God, in this moment, for this thing right in front of me, God, will you give me the strength that I need for the moment that I'm in? Here's, here's revelation reminder number two today. I am right where God can strengthen and bless me. Sometimes we question the place that we're in or we're overwhelmed by the circumstances and I need to remind myself I am in the right place. I am right where God can strengthen me, where he can bless me, he can help me in this moment. It's interesting, um, there, there's very few things that you can't get delivered these days. Isn't that true? Like I'm old enough, I can remember when pizza delivery was a new thing. Anybody else? You, have to use a, you used to have to use a phone that was tied to the wall was on a leash. Do you remember what I'm talking about? And you'd call and they'd bring the pizza to your house. Like it was revolutionary. Now there's nothing you can't get delivered. Like everything will come to your house. But here's the deal. When you ask God for his strength and his blessing and his help, he doesn't have to find someone to, to deliver it. There is no Uber blessing app, right? You ask him, the reality is you're living at his house. He's right there. He is omnipresent with you. And you can trust him even in the moments when you're uncertain, even in the moments when you're overwhelmed. Let's go to the third and the last one that we experience sometimes. What do I do, number three, when I'm afraid? 
Like, what's the answer? How do I handle this? And some of you are like, well, Chad, I don't have to worry about that because I'm never afraid. I'm too tough. Or some of you are quick to say, I'm a child of God. I have no fear. And I say, you might not have fear, but you have the sin of lying at work in your life. Why? Because here's the reality. All of us wrestle with fear at some point. Because if you think about it, when you're, when you're frustrated, right? When, when you don't understand things, you get angst. And the reason you get angst is because there are things that are out of your control. Anybody not like it when things are out of your control? And why do you not like it when things are out of your control? Because you have a fear of what might happen because you can't control it. So ultimately, at the root of so much that we wrestle with in our lives is this emotion, this thought, this, this, this challenge that we have at times with fear. And when fear comes, when I am afraid, I will trust and praise Jesus. That's the answer. When I am afraid, we'll see this from the Psalms here in just a moment. When I'm afraid, I will trust and I will praise Jesus. Go back to the I am statement for today. Revelation 22, verse 13. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. He says, I'm the beginning and the end. I love this. He says, look, I'm the beginning. That means I'm the creator. And if I'm the creator, that means I created everything. And if I created everything, there is nothing that is outside of my control. There's nothing more powerful than me. There's nothing that can stop me or hinder my plans. I am the beginning. I am the creator. And he says, I'm also the end, which means I'm the judge. So when this whole thing wraps up, I'm the one who has control at the end. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. So there is nothing outside of my scope. There is nothing outside of my reach. He says, I am the one who has control and power over everything. This is a third attribute we see of God. We not only say that he's omniscient and omnipresent, we also say that he's omnipotent. That means that he is all-powerful. He's the beginning and the end. He's the creator and the judge. There is nothing in the scope of time that is more powerful than him. I had a friend say to me recently that just said, I, I, just, I keep asking God, God, I just don't know what's going on. The good news is he does, doesn't he? He knows how to step in those moments in our lives. And we don't have to fear whether he can handle it or not because he is omnipotent. He has all power in our lives. So what do you do in those times? Psalm 56 verse 3 tells us this. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? When I am afraid, when those moments come, I will trust God and I will praise God. I will look to him and say, God, I will trust you and I lift my voice. When I'm at the top of the mountain and things are great, I'm gonna praise you. And when I'm in the bottom of the valley and things are dark, I'm gonna praise you there too. Because even when I'm afraid, I can put my trust in you. And here's the deal. I know I can trust him because he not only has all power, but he loves me and he loves you. And that's a good thing, isn't it? I'm so glad you're excited about that. Richard Wilkins lives in Florida. This story just came out within the last week or so. He got a new puppy named Gunner. He's a, a, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, cute little guy. They have kind of a nature preserve in their backyard. Their house backs up to there's a little pond. So he and Gunner will go out there and kind of run around. And then something exciting happened to the two of them. Take a look at this news story that'll kind of clue you in. Cameras caught an amazing rescue in Florida, and we assure you it has a happy ending. A man was with his new puppy next to a pond when an alligator grabbed it and then went back into the water. The man immediately jumped in and pulled the gator to shore. The puppy's owner wrenched the alligator's jaws open, and the puppy escaped. Gunner the dog, we're happy to say, doing just fine now, and his owner too. 
Wildlife officials say it is a good reminder always to be careful with your pets in areas where alligators live. Astonishing. We make a couple of observations. Number one, you will do better in Toledo. <laughs> I've never had that happen in my backyard. Anybody? Two, I love, I love the way that once that puppy gets out of those alligator jaws, he's like, see you, Richard, I'm out of here. Like, he's not sticking around. And I love that that guy loved that puppy so much that he said, oh, no, you don't. Like, when they interviewed him, they said they were like three feet from the edge of that pond, didn't see the gator at all, and then that little four-foot gator, he said it shot out of there like a missile and just grabbed a little gunner and drug him under the water. I don't know what I would have done. I'd like to think I'd have done what that guy did. Man, he just jumped in and manhandled that thing. Did you see that? It might not be the wisest thing, but you find a lot of strength when you love something, don't you? And here's, here's what I just thought. I thought, God loves me like that. God loves me more than Richard loves Gunner. God's got more power than, than any gator. And I know the times in my life when things have jumped out of nowhere and hit me like a missile and I found myself in its jaws. Anybody else? I know the times when I strayed too close to the edge of the pond, and God was still there to help me. Look, I'm so thankful for a God that knows everything, that is in every place, and has all power so that I can thrive even in crazy times. Here's the lesson that John wants you to learn. Here's the lesson that Paul wants you to learn. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Here's revelation reminder number three. Some of you need to walk into tomorrow. Some of you need to walk into the rest of this week, into the rest of this, this month ahead and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I don't have to be a victim. I don't have to just stay stuck on uncertainty or on being overwhelmed or on being afraid because I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You, you may remember that back when uh, all of this kind of hit back in March, April, May, and we found ourselves during a season of time where we were online only for church. You may remember our, our first study that we did was we worked our way through the, the first three chapters in the book of Revelation. We worked through the seven letters that Jesus writes to, to churches that are in a season of crisis. And through all of that, we saw this overwhelming theme that kind of comes through through the whole book of Revelation. And it's important here. Jesus lets the churches know that things may get worse before they get better. That it's not going to be better right away. That where you're at right now, you may be there for a while. And it may be difficult, and it may be ugly, and life may feel like a mess. Anybody ever been there? He says, look, things may get worse before they get better, but here's the whole point of the whole book. You are going to make it. You're going to make it. John lets us know, I read the end. I see how it finishes up. And if you've ever read the book of Revelation, you know this. Like it starts with these letters to the churches and then the, the, the middle of the book of Revelation, kind of that whole chunk, chapter four through chapter 19. It's messy, isn't it? Like it, it, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's, it's ugly at times. It is a mess. And then you get to the promises that are there later. There's this, there's this practice in ancient literature called inclusio. 
And what it meant is that an author would have this subject and it would kind of be in the center, but then on either ends, it would be bracketed by a truth and that that truth would give context or insight into the bigger subject that you were looking at. So you see this in the book of Revelation because in Revelation chapter one, verse eight, God begins with an instruction and and a teaching of who he is and he says, I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. That's a good word, right? So he tells us that before he gets us into the mess. Then, even a few verses later in verse 17, he says this, when I saw him, this is about Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead, and then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid, I'm the first and the last. Sound familiar? So like you have this teaching right at the beginning of the book of Revelation. Then you got all that mess And then at chapter 21, when he's talking about heaven, he said to me, we read this in verse six, it is done, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Sound familiar? Because then he wraps up with our verse, chapter 22, verse 13, where he says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And you notice you've got all this mess in the middle of the book of Revelation, all this ugliness at times, that in some ways you might go, my life feels like an uncertain, overwhelming, fearful mess right now. And God says, look, in the middle of your mess, I have reminded you at the beginning and I've wrapped it up at the end that I am the one that you can look to, you can rely on, you can trust in and you can praise me because I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning of the end. See, God bookends with blessing the mess in the middle. And if you feel like you're in the middle of a mess right now, be reminded that he has shown us that he is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. And you can put your trust and your confidence in him. You can thrive if you will trade your I am for his I am. If you will focus on who he is instead of where you are, in those moments, he can do something powerful in your life. So I'm gonna ask you just to do this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? And I want to ask you the question one more time. How are you doing? Because I want you to thrive. I want you to be at a place in your life where whether you're at the top of the mountain or you're in the bottom of the valley, whether you feel like you have all the answers or you're frustrated by uncertainty, whether it's smooth sailing or you're overwhelmed in this season, whether you have nothing but confidence or whether there's a side of you that's afraid in this time of your life, that you can look to the one that you trust, that you rely on, that you you seek for wisdom, and you say, God, I praise you that I can thrive in all these moments. Now, here's what I want you to do in these next few moments. I want you to ask yourself the question, how am I doing? And that you'll let the words of this song, that you'll let the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life speak something special into your heart. Whether you're sitting in this room or you're in auditorium too, or you're watching this on a screen somewhere, you're listening to this somehow, that in this moment, you would just say, God, here's where I need you. Here's how I need your help. God, here's how I need your presence in my life because you are the alpha and the omega. You are the first and the last. You are the beginning and the end. And so, Father, we look to you God, we trust you. We praise you in the midst of it all. And we put our confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
I climb mountains, the mountains where will you hide? Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you grace the other side. Oh, how long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descend from the source of it. Supply. Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you're neither more or less inclined. Cause I would search and starve at nothing, you're just not that hard to find. Yeah. I will praise you on the mountain. in my way you're the summit where my feet are so I praise you in the valleys all the same no less God within the shadows no less faithful when the night leads me astray you're the heaven where my heart is in the high and the heartache all the same oh, 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 oh. oh how far beneath your glory does your kindness extend the path from where your feet rest on the sunrise to where you sweep the sea Just a shadow through the night Trace my steps through all my failures And walk me out with the other side For who could dare ascend that mountain That valley hill called Calvary For the one I call Good Shepherd who like a lamb was slain for me. Can we try this together right here at church? I will praise you on the mountain. I will praise you when the mountain's in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I'll praise you in the valleys all the same. Yeah. 
say, God, thanks. I needed that encouragement today. God, I needed to hear from you. God, I need your help to look to you, to rely on you, to trust you in this season, Alpha and Omega. That's you. Would you just raise your hand kind of right where you are? Say, thanks, God, I needed that. Lord, I need to walk in that. I need to, I need to get a hold of that promise. Just anybody else, just right where you are. I want to pray for you today. Father, thanks for your word. And thanks for your truth that speaks to us that you are the alpha and the omega, that you are all knowing. And so Lord, in our uncertainty, we look to you. And that God, you are the first and the last. You're, you're omnipresent, you're always with us. So when we're overwhelmed, Father, we rely on you. And God, that your word tells us that you are the beginning and the end. You are creator and judge, that you are omnipotent, that there is nothing outside of your power. So Lord, we not only trust you, but we praise you today, whether we're on the top of the mountain or in the deepest part of the valley. Lord, we praise you all the same and we thank you for who you are. Lord, we trust you in these moments. Lord, and in these crazy times, we ask that you'd help us to thrive. Lord, that you'd give us your strength, that you'd give us your wisdom, that you'd give us your power in our lives to know that in every step you are with us, each path along the way. Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. Lord, would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.